Hello dear friends, I greet you all in the name of Jesus. It is a great pleasure, a great honor bestowed upon me today to share the word of God with you. And I am glad today to introduce you to another brilliant experience, a wonderful experience, an experience that would take us closer and closer to God. And that experience today I have captioned the upper room. Before we dive into the word of God, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is given to us. As we want to study your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit opens our hearts, our minds, and helps us to understand these words in the name of Jesus. Amen. The upper room is our focus at this moment. Now, the upper room is not a new concept. It is something you may have heard over and over again. But this morning, I want to take you for the next 10 minutes into a special journey, an upper room journey with God, where we discover the significance, the importance of the upper room in our personal life with God. It is amazing to observe that the first mention of an upper room was significantly related to the temple of God. David instructed his son Solomon to build an upper room in the temple. That one we read in 1 Chronicles 28, 11 and 12, the Bible says, David gave Solomon his son the plan of the vestibule of the temple and of its houses, its treasuries, its upper rooms, you can underline upper rooms, and inner chambers, and of the room of the mercy seat, and the plan of all that he had in mind for the courts of the house of the Lord, all the surrounding chambers, the treasuries for the dedicated gifts. Now here we have the mention of upper rooms. Even though it is not really clear, about what those rooms were used for, but it was significantly holy because it was found within the vicinities of the temple. The temple was holy, every compartment holy, and if the upper room was part of, part of them, then it means that the upper rooms were also holy places. And in the New Testament, we're going to have a great taste of it because we've already seen that in the Old Testament, it was a piece of the temple of God. Surely it was used for sanctuary services, for the ministry in the sanctuary. But in the New Testament, the upper room is very significant because it is first related to Christ and his disciples having a supper together. And that was during the Passover. Now, before Jesus was about to go to the cross, he had to meet with his, with his disciples to celebrate the Passover. Now, his disciples asked him, we read Mark 14 from verse 12. The disciples asked him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? They were looking for a place where they could have Passover together, like any normal Passover that they may have had. 
But this one was a special Passover and Jesus Christ wanted to make it very, very intimate. Now we're going to read Mark 14, 13 to 15. And Jesus replied, Go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. Jesus Christ looked at an upper room. He was, send, he was sending his disciples, already knowing that where they were going to have their, their supper was an upper room. And the upper room becomes very significant because that is where Jesus Christ has a profound communion with his disciples. In the upper room, he opens his heart to them. He reveals to them what he intends for humanity. In the upper room, we encounter Jesus. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we open our hearts to the Savior. The Savior also opens his heart to us. And we have an exchange of thoughts. What other place can it be, if not a wonderful place where we can have fellowship with God? Again, I continue. The upper room is also very significant in the early church. It is the immediate setting where the disciples of Jesus connect after their return from the Mount of Olivet, after witnessing Jesus Christ's ascension and later receive the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Now in Acts chapter 1, they return from the mountain. We're going to read Acts 1, 12 to 14. The Bible says, The disciples returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. What were they doing there? The Bible gives us what exactly they were doing there. The Bible says, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So they were in the upper room, not gisting, not having fun, but they were praying. So here the upper room is a place where we meet to devote ourselves to earnest prayer. Now, we have already seen so far what an upper room can be used for. In the case of the Old Testament, it is a holy place. In the, in the, in the case of Jesus Christ and his disciples, it is a communion place. In the case of the disciples of Jesus, it is a place of prayer. What other function can it have? To end up, I want to say that 
upper rooms were places where many of the miraculous healing took place, even raising some to life. Now we have the story of Tabitha or Dorcas. She's a vivid example of what a miracle it could be happening in the upper room. The Bible says that she has died. So then when we read Acts 9, verse 39 to 40, the Bible says that Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all aside. Sorry, but Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. It's, it's, it's very wonderful to see that Tabitha is in the upper room, dead. But when Peter goes in, after praying in the upper room, she resurrects. The upper room is a place where miracles happen. Where even the dead come back to life. It's very significant because it is a place where God wants to do something extraordinary. And we have seen so far that the upper room is number one. What? It's a holy place because in the context of the temple of Solomon, it was a compartment, a holy place. In the context of Jesus and his disciples, it's a place where Jesus Christ meets his children, his disciples. In the context of the disciples in Acts chapter 1, is a place where dedicated prayers are offered earnest prayers are offered in the case of peter and tabitha in acts chapter 9 it is a place where miracle occurs even resurrection of the dead so this morning i bring you an upper room experience and this experience is like no other i want you to have this moment with god in this secret place that upper room is a place where you meet with jesus christ every day and we want to embark on this journey of the upper room my question is are you in for it do you feel the need to leave all the things of this world and go to a secret place in your own upper room in your holy place to meet with Jesus, to have a communion with Jesus, to have moments of earnest prayers, and also to experience the miraculous power of God. If this is your prayer today, you are welcome to the upper room. May the Lord continue to bless us, may he continue to increase our understanding of his word, and may the peace of the Lord abide with us always. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.